to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating as well, all that good stuff. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com using the promo code LOCKEDON. A couple things that we got to get to today. TSN had a trade bait board come out and a couple of Maple Leafs land on there. One we talked about quite a bit yesterday. Yes, that is Frederick Anderson. Uh, and it's funny, I talk about him, and all of a sudden now everybody wants to trade Anderson. And everyone's talking about how Anderson's uh, now on the chopping block. And let's just let, 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 let's let it be known that I, I said it first because realistically I made this... I made this claim all the way back when they acquired Jack Campbell. I thought that maybe that was kind of done purposely, that they got a guy who could be a tandem goalie that is extended an extra two years past this one at a very reasonable cap hit. Maybe they try and ship out Freddie if things don't go very well in the playoffs, which they did not. Uh, Not for Freddie, but in general. And go the whole tandem route, and now all of a sudden everybody else is on my side and, and trying to ship out Anderson. So um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Freddie and, and the possible suitors that could be out there, some possible teams looking for a goaltender that might be interested in Anderson um, outside of Carolina, who we went pretty deep into yesterday. Uh, another player on the trade block that we'll get into. And then, uh, well, let's get into some of the other guys who are on the trade bait board that maybe the Leafs would be interested in acquiring. And maybe we can come up with some sort of uh, deal that works for both sides where you know, the, the the players that are on the Leafs uh, trade bait side can get flipped for the guys who are on the opposite team's trade bait board. So We'll see. Uh, we'll see there, and then also, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about. I know this is you know a Maple Leafs podcast. You usually you know full on Leafs, Leafs all the time, but I want to talk a little about about the Bruins because they got eliminated last night, and it kind of got me thinking that this could be the end of the Bruins era of dominance over Toronto. I think they're it's it may be coming to an end and they may start to fade away a little bit here and this could have been the last kick at the can and they kind of failed uh, and squandered that opportunity and one player in particularly sort of made that happen uh, and, and so I'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's talk about what's going on on the TSN trade bait board because so Freddie Anderson is the one Andreas Janssen is the other one so both of these guys we've talked about extensively being on the trade bait board um, neither are a surprise to me. Uh, I guess putting Anderson on here was a surprise to a lot of others. Clearly, they don't listen to this podcast because they would have known that there's been chatter over the last 24 hours that Anderson was was going to be on the bait board anyways. We're not on the bait board, but he was on the trading block. There was interest in Carolina. There was interest in Edmonton, a couple other teams that have been looking into it. But I think there are some teams that hadn't been discussed yet that also might be looking into a goaltender. So we'll we'll discuss some of those quickly. I think, you know, when you look out west, I think the Calgary Flames stick out as a, a team who really is going to need a solidified goaltender. There are some question marks as to whether or not that team is going to stick around. And, um, you know, I've reached out to to one of the hosts for Locked On, Locked On Flames, Sean Lavery, and he seems to think that there could be some big changes coming in Calgary. And, you know, if that's the case, uh, maybe 
maybe they don't go and look for a goalie and maybe they go in a different direction and they kind of try and rebuild and retool a little bit. Um, maybe that's not, you know, something that they would be interested in. But if they decide, okay, let's go for a one more kick at the can, maybe Calgary is a good option because I think that they're a team desperately who needs a goalie. David Riddick did not get it done in the playoffs. Cam Talbot did okay, but at the end of the day, really did not get it done when they needed him most in, uh, in, in that big game. So I, I think that Calgary could be an option um, as well. I, I, Dallas is an intriguing one to me, and I never really thought about Dallas as a goaltending option. But if you think about it, Ben Bishop considering all the injuries that he's had in his career, and then he was injured for the most part of the playoffs. He came through last night, didn't really have a good performance, but, I mean, it was his first game in since, I don't know how long, since, I guess, March, I guess. Um, so, you know, he, he didn't play good. He looked rusty because he was rusty. Uh, so Ben Bishop, uh, you know, not healthy. Uh, if he's not going to be a healthy going forward, maybe they look to do something and bring in a goaltender. I know they do have Anton Hudobin, who's going to be a UFA. But if they don't bring Hudobin back and then they decide to move on from Bishop because maybe they want somebody who's a little more stable, somebody who's who's more of a healthier option who can stay on the ice and give them that 60 games that they want um, and count on them to be there in the playoffs, maybe they look to go out and get a guy like Freddie Anderson. The Buffalo Sabres, I know it's interdivisional, but that's a team who desperately needs a goaltender. I don't think they can go into next season with Linus Olmark and Carter Hutton as their one-two combo and expect to make the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Like Jack Campbell or um, Jack Eichel can do everything for that team except stop pucks. So they need someone to do to do that, and Freddie could be a guy who could go over there and stop some pucks for him. Um, and they got a couple of guys who are on the trade bait board as well that the Leafs could be interested in. So, you know, in the next segment, I'll go in a little more detail as to possibly who you could make that trade for. Um, so the Sabres are one option. Maybe the Devils. I know they do have Mackenzie Blackwood, who they seem to like uh, quite a bit, but if they want somebody established, um, you know, Freddie Anderson could be that. I know that they there was a big push for them this past offseason to try and make a playoff push. They went out and they signed Nikita, or they traded for Nikita Gusev, gave him a nice contract. Um, obviously, they, they made a couple other big deals, bringing in P.K. Subban. Um, they got Jack Hughes, the number one pick, who's probably going to take a, a, a big step next year, like most players do in their second season. So I'm um, really, really excited about uh, some of the options that the Leafs could have if they decide to move on from Anderson, because there's a lot of teams that are interested. Here are two wild card picks out in the West that I've chosen um, as guys who hasn't been talked about, but I think could be dark horses uh, looking in the goalie market. And there's two teams specifically, the Nashville Predators and the Minnesota Wild. I think the Preds are an interesting one because, you know, they've had reliable goaltending for years with Pecorine, but he's getting up there in age and he might be on his last legs and really did not have a good season. And Nashville's got a team that needs to contend now. They're they're a team that's got a window in the next couple of seasons. And if UC Soros isn't the guy, which he wasn't this year, let's be honest, neither goalie was very good. Neither goalie was able to command the net for any you know substantial length of time. 
Maybe they look to the goaltender market, and maybe they're interested in a guy like Freddie Anderson who is established. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, another one. Uh, rumors are that they're looking to buy out Devin Dubnik, who did not have a very good season in Minnesota this year, didn't even end up playing in the playoffs. They went with uh, Alex Stalock in, the, in that series against the Vancouver Canucks. So that could be one interesting option, uh, you know, whether it's the Preds or the Wilds, but I think they could be dark horses too. Whoever decides to emerge as uh, the front runner for Freddie Anderson, at the end of the day, I think that they're going to have to come forward with a pretty good defenseman in return. I would not imagine Freddie Anderson being a, a cap dump, I guess. They, they wouldn't just want to try and get rid of his cap and get picks. They're going to look to get a solid uh, right shot defenseman to kind of slot into that top four and probably on the top pairing beside Morgan Riley. That's that's the biggest need that this team has needed for a while now. Uh, they thought they had it in Tyson Berry. Turned out to, to not be it. He was not the answer that they were looking for, and now they go into another offseason still with the same wish list. So maybe one of these teams can step up with a nice little, um, a nice package to, to acquire Anderson. And then the Canucks can, or the, the, the Maple Leafs can look to go and uh, make a deal and, and bring in another goaltender themselves. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break here, and let me tell you about today's show sponsor. But first, let me tell you guys a little bit about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. You know, it doesn't have that weird, chewy, chalky taste that regular protein bars have. It actually tastes like a candy bar. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They got six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And that's on top of the 12 original flavors, uh, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel, and of course, my other favorite, the peanut butter brownie. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, some nuts, some nut-free. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and best of all, the Built Bar is healthy. It's great for the health-conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. And here's the kicker. This week only, a free cooler with a purchase of Built Bar protein bars while supplies last. A free cooler with every purchase. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll also get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On These Podcast. Mike DiStefano with you. Uh, all right, so we went through and talked about Freddie Anderson and the suitors that could possibly be there for him. Andreas Janssen was another guy on the TSN uh, trade bait board. We won't spend nearly as much time talking about him. Uh, but essentially, like he's a guy who can play in the middle six. I think he's a decent player that has just kind of... Um, you know, his time has expired here in Toronto. I think he's been a decent player for them over the past few seasons. And, you know, he's shown at times that he can play up and down the lineup, whether it's on the first line, the fourth line, second, third. You know, he's kind of played a little bit of everywhere, and he's played in a lot of different roles. So I think that's an attractive piece, a guy who's kind of, um, you know, very, very malleable, uh, and, and you could put him anywhere in the lineup. But I think ideally he's probably set as a middle six player, a guy who can, you know, kind of, I think, can go out there, score you 15 to 20 goals a season, and just be a, a decent two-way player. I think he has that capability. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, you know, there should be a lot of teams who are lining up for something like that. Um, but I, I was not surprised to see him come in on uh, on the trade bait board, and he came in at number set. No, 
number, where am I seeing him here? 17. So, um, had a bit of a down year, obviously, just uh, eight goals and 21 points. But um, I, I think that he has a track record where he's been a lot more successful. He had a really, really, really low uh, shooting percentage this year. So those goal totals should definitely be higher. Um, but, you know, almost half a point per game. So he's a guy who can get you, you know, 40, maybe. I, I think he can be a 50-point guy. You know, 20 and 30 type player um, is, is what I think Andreas Janssen can be. Uh, in a middle six, he can play on a power play. Um, you know, he's got three more years left on his deal at three point four million dollars. So he's got that that security, that term, that teams covet that they want. The only thing is, like three point four. I know for the Maple Leafs, that is that's quite a bit of money for a guy who, at this point, is kind of a luxury who we can just move on from, which is why he's consistently being linked uh, to being traded from uh, out of Toronto. But maybe there are some other teams out there that that actually need a guy like this who can come in, play a middle six role that are looking for wingers. You know, Edmonton is a team who is always needing wingers. Um, whether or not they can fit in this $3.4 million, I don't know. They would need to send some salary coming back the other way. I think that's when you get into the conversation about whether or not they want to move on from Adam Larson, who is also on this trade bait board, uh, coming in at number 15. He's got $4.17 million, so, um, and he's got one more year uh, left on his deal. So I, I think that it's it's an interesting uh, – it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up going, whether or not, you know, these, these two – first of all, neither of them could end up getting moved. But if they do, I wonder if there's a team out there that would look into making a bigger package and acquiring both of these players because they're definitely two serviceable guys. I think Freddie Anderson on the right team could definitely be a solid number one goaltender. Well, he is a number one goalie regardless, whichever team he goes to. But I think if he goes to a team – and I, I tell, spoke about this yesterday – a team like Carolina who has an elite defense in front of them, or even let's say he goes to Nashville, one of those dark horse teams I'm talking about with an elite decor in front of him. I think that that could bode very well for Anderson and he could take that next step and become a premier goalie in this league. It's just not going to happen in Toronto just is kind of is the way it is, you know, like there's a lot of players who end up moving on because they don't have opportunities. Like you take a look at Nazem Kadri, you know, after they went out and acquired Matthews and uh, Tavares, Kadri was relegated to a third line role. He wasn't going to be a top six player that he is now in Colorado. He just wasn't going to be that. So um, I think Freddie Anderson isn't going to be a top five goalie uh, in Toronto in front, you know, with that defense that he has in front of him but if he goes somewhere like you know Carolina or or maybe um who's the other team that I said you know Minnesota's got a pretty good team uh another team that's another team that's pretty good defensively Nashville the Islanders probably not but they're another team that's got solid uh defense in front of them so I think Anderson's a guy who could pick it up Janssen again someone who could be extremely serviceable there in the middle six who could go up and down the lineup for for any team let's take a look at some of the other players on the trade bait board from other teams someone that maybe the Leafs have their eye on and I can't help but circle the man up at the top I was almost I, I thought that he was a Maple Leaf at one point back a couple of weeks ago or about a week or so ago back when Darren Dreger and Elliot Friedman reported that Kasperi Kapanen was going to Pittsburgh there was maybe 25 minutes to a half hour of dead silence on a return until finally we got the return so in between that time 
everybody was like, well, who was it? And me, myself, I was recording actually an episode because I do the Tuesday shows for the Locked On NHL National Show. And it happened right as we were kind of getting uh, ready to wrap wrap up our Tuesday show. And I said, oh, hold on, breaking news. And we went off for the next 10 minutes, the final 10 minutes of the show about who it could be. And I was dead convinced that it was going to be Matt Murray, who was the number one guy in this trade bait board. Talked about it yesterday, how much I want, um, you know, how I would rather, not how much I want, but how much I would rather Matt Murray over Tristan Jari. And, and obviously, he's somebody that uh, Pittsburgh's going to be looking to move. He's number one on the trade bait board. And yesterday, I wasn't sure who it was going to be, whether it was Matt Murray or Jari. And it seems like, based on this board, that Matt Murray is the name that's being floated out there uh, more than Tristan Jari, which I guess makes a little bit of sense. But at the same time, you know, I think Matt Murray's a guy who who you've won with. He, he won you a couple of cups. He's the guy who you forced uh, to move Mark Andre Fleury out for. Um, so that was kind of you know, it's interesting to see that Matt Murray is the number one guy. And you know, you may say, oh, but you know, Frank Saravalli, who's the gentleman who put this board together, maybe saying, ah, I mean, these are just his opinions. He'd probably just think of that. No, he's a pretty plugged in guy. Like, let's be honest here, he knows what's going on. So if names are being put on this board, he's not just doing it blind. That means that there's a lot of discussion going on with them around the league. And uh, he's heard from multiple sources that this name is being discussed in trade blo- in, in, in trades, which is why, you know, you see a name uh, like Andreas Janssen, like Freddie Anderson on here, and you say, okay, that makes sense, because here in Toronto we're discussing it, and obviously it's also being discussed um, around the league as well, and that's what I think Matt Murray being the number one and out here means that Matt Murray is the goaltender that Jimmy Rutherford must be looking to move uh, out of Pittsburgh, and, you know, that's an interesting target, I think, for the Leafs if they do move on from Anderson, a guy who's won uh, a couple of cups, Technically, he won two cups as a rookie. Don't think that's been done before. Uh, I don't remember if that had been done before. But, you know, Matt Murray, uh, I think when when healthy, when healthy, which is kind of an asterisk on that one, but when healthy, a really good goalie. Um, he's an RFA, though, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, another guy moved down a couple of spots here, Josh Anderson of the Columbus Blue Jackets. There was a few times throughout the season where the Maple Leafs, uh, Leafs Mafia is trying to get for, uh, Josh Anderson pride out of Columbus. Um, you know, just plays that that tough and rugged game. Uh, he scored 20 goals in the past. Uh, didn't really have a good offensive year this year. Just one goal through 26 games. Uh, battled a shoulder injury. Didn't end up playing in the playoffs. Uh, he's a pending RFA, so he's going to have to get a contract. And after a poor season, I don't think it would be that much. And he's a guy who'd be perfect perfect for the Leafs um, to toss on the third line there. So that's one guy who I'd be interested in. And like I said yesterday, maybe couple that with a guy like Jonas Corposalo, who making $2.8 million, and, and he could be a tandem with Jack Campbell. Uh, down the list a little bit more, OEL is an interesting one because there has been some trade chatter over the last few seasons about uh, Oliver ekman Larson from Arizona. And then he ended up, instead of getting traded he signed a long-term extension to stay in arizona but now it seems like the yotes are actually looking to go through another little bit of a rebuild and at 29 years old oel 
probably does not want to do that. Uh, he's their captain, but at the end of the day, if they're going to go through another rebuild that's going to take five, six, seven years, uh, that's pretty much the duration of his contract, seven years. He does not want to do that, so I would not be surprised if he does get dealt this offseason. Don't know if Toronto is uh, is going to be the, pull, the, the team to pull the trigger. Seven years at $8.25 million for a 29-year-old left-shot defenseman might not quite might not be what the Leafs are uh, are looking to do, but he is an option and an intriguing one that has been linked to Toronto in the past. Uh, looking down the list a little bit more here, number 10. This one surprised me. This one really, really surprised me, actually. Chris Letang, um, right shot defenseman out of Pittsburgh, helped them win a couple of cups as well. He's a little bit on the older side now at 33 years old, uh, making $7.25 million, but he's got two more, just two more years left on his deal, and he's still playing a high level of hockey when healthy, but he's another one of those guys who has in the past, you know, gotten the injury bug once or twice a year. So, you know, at 33 years old, usually you don't end up finding a fountain of youth, especially when injuries are piling up earlier in your career. That being said, at only another two years, uh, that might be a a good play uh, if Latang, in fact, is available. I, I think Kyle Dubas should definitely be looking into that. He's a proven winner. Um, and he plays the right side, and he is a legitimate number one top pairing defenseman. Just don't know what it would take to get him, though. You would think that, you know, this is a team that's in win-now mode, uh, and I just don't know if the Maple Leafs have what it takes to to get him. It would probably have to be one of the big four, um, maybe Nylander or a Marner. It would obviously be a much bigger deal, but that's the type of player it would probably take to get Flurry or to get Chris Letang out of Pittsburgh, especially since you already gave up your big chip in Kasperi Kapanen. So uh, I, I don't think that'll be one that's going to be coming to Toronto, but it's definitely an interesting option um, if if they can make it work. Uh, down the line a little bit more, Adam Larson, right shot defenseman, 27 years old. Uh, he's got one more year left on his contract at $4.17 million. He's a big boy. Uh, this is a big defensive defenseman. He can kill penalties. He lays hits. He blocks shots. He is pretty much what the what the I see. I keep saying Canucks because I'm watching the Canucks Vegas game right now as I actually talk. Um, kind of a watching the game here uh, as I as I do the podcast, but. Um, I think he's exactly what the Leafs need and want. You know, he's a guy who you can put alongside Morgan Riley and, and kind of have him play back and uh, be a defensive defenseman, and that'll allow Riley to kind of free him up to activate and be very uh, be very active and jump up into the rush, which is really when, when Riley's at his best. So that would be a, a really solid trade if they can get something going there. Again, what's it going to take? Would Andreas Janssen be a player that they would be interested in? I know that Edmonton's always looking for wingers. Um, I think Janssen has been in the past linked to them. But they're a team that's also a little bit of, uh, on, you know, at up at, uh, at the cap. And you are giving up some cap space, I guess, with uh, Adam Larson. So I suppose with that deal, you are making a little bit, uh, a little bit of cap savings. But I'm sure something else would have to be included. I don't think Johnson would get it done by itself. Maybe they'd have to add something else on top of that, whether it be a prospect, 
Um, maybe that's where Freddie Anderson could come in too when a bigger trade happens. You know, Anderson and Janssen get involved in a deal for, uh, you know, Adam Larson plus plus or whatever they can end up uh, getting here. Uh, a third one, again, going back to Pittsburgh. And <laughs> again, he was another player that I was like, oh, maybe this could be what the Leafs are getting back for Kapanen. And that's Jared McCann. I actually think that McCann would be a nice little fit uh, because he's a guy who I think could play on the third third line center role. I like him as a center. I think he can do it. Uh, played on the wing quite a bit last year with um, Sidney Crosby, but I think he could play a third line center role pretty good. Um, and so I think that would be a player at 24 years old. Uh, he's an RFA making 1.25. Wouldn't really cost you that much more than that if you tender him or, or bridge him on a short-term deal so that's one more player um, and the last guy who I think the Leafs should be interested in right here on this trade bait board is gonna be Dougie Hamilton I did not expect to see this one bit I thought I was surprised um, when I saw Chris Letang and then when I got down to number 20 on the board and saw Dougie Hamilton on the bait board I was like Really? Well, that's interesting. And this is where things get really, really interesting because Dougie Hamilton, right shot defenseman, 27 years old, um, you know, has another year left on his contract, 5.75. You know, he's a local boy. He's somebody who the Leafs have always coveted ever since they technically gave him away to Boston in the Phil Kessel deal. And uh, the Leafs have always been trying to get him back on the team, and it just hasn't happened. But at 27 years old, like, this is a guy who you acquire him right now. He's he's going into his final year. You extend him. Um, this is a guy who can play on your top pairing. Um, and he is a dude who I think could easily work with Morgan Riley. And now you got your top four solidified. And when you're talking about, well, what would it take to get a guy like Dougie Hamilton? Well, yesterday I wasn't sure that they wanted to trade him, they being Carolina. And now that I see that he's on the board, obviously he's being brought up in conversations. So he is available. You know, like, like I said, Cervalli doesn't bring, put these names on this board just for fun. Like, he's not just out here throwing darts on a board and hope that, you know, he lands and a couple of these guys get traded. These are being talked about within the league. I can almost guarantee you that is the fact. And if Dougie Hamilton's being talked about, you got to think that he's definitely going to be available. And they want Freddie Anderson, that they've already talked to the Leafs about him. you got to think that's got to be part of the package coming back. And that gets me really excited. Like I had uh, yesterday, I, I, I made a, a case. I made a trade offer to the Hurricanes. And I think it was bringing back uh, Brett Pesci um, plus plus. But if you can get Dougie Hamilton instead... That is way better than bringing in Brett Pesci. So that really intrigues me and uh, makes me excited because I think that the, the Maple Leafs could honestly be heavy in on this Dougie Hamilton deal, especially if they're willing to put Freddie Anderson in the trade. Maybe even you could add in uh, Andreas Janssen, the guy who's number 17 on this board, and you get additional pieces on top of Hamilton. Maybe that's how you can get your Warren Fogel or or Vinny Trocheck, you know, guys I talked about yesterday. Um, I, I really do think 
that that something could work here. And Toronto and Carolina, they made a deal last year to uh, to alleviate cap space by giving up their first round pick. They kind of owe us. We gave them a 13th overall draft pick. They owe us a, a deal. But you know, in all seriousness, I, I think it's just the fact that they um they just it, it's it's a match made in heaven between these two clubs. Get something done. Let's go, boys. Let's go, Doobie. Get in the get get on the call with Carolina and get something done and bring Dougie home where he belongs, where he should have been for the last decade. Um, all right. So those are the names on the TSN trade bait board that should interest Leaf fans. Um, maybe if there's anybody else on this list that you are interested in that uh, that I didn't quite say. I know Patrick Laine is a big name that's out here on the market right now. Um, I don't think Laine is a fit here in Well, shouldn't say that. I think you should always bring in a guy who could score 40 goals. That being said, I, I don't think he's a need, and there's many other needs uh, on this team, you know, other than Patrick Laine. Uh, but if there's someone else that you like on this board, please let me know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck or the show on Twitter at Locked on Leafs, and let me know uh, which other players that are on this board that I missed that maybe you think would be good additions to the Maple Leafs lineup. You are listening to the Locked On Leafs podcast, and I am Mike DiStefano, your show host. So what I want to talk about right now is not really Leafs related. It's somewhat loosely related to the Leafs, but it's more so has to do with the arch nemesis, the Boston Bruins. Because I think their era of dominance over the over the East and more importantly over the Leafs is coming to an end and quickly. You know, I thought about this a little bit this morning after I, I, I you know, they'd lost in overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, ending their season. This could be the last of Zidane Ochara, who's been a thorn in the Leafs side for years years he's been so instrumental in these series um in in the playoff series and he could be done he could be gone um riding off into the sunset 43 years old and he really did start to show signs um that he was starting to wear down a little bit here for the Bruins uh during this playoff run so I think Zidane Chara, we may have seen the last of him on the Bruins or the last of him in the NHL, at least on the ice. Whether or not he comes back in a different capacity or a different role um, within the league or within the team, that's that's different. But on the ice, I don't think we'll have to worry about him much anymore. Um, as well as Adeno Chara, Tori Krug is going to be a UFA this year for the Bruins. And a lot of chatter coming out of that city that Tori Krug is going to test the market. Like, I've spoke to a couple of guys who are pretty plugged in, and they've said that they don't expect for Krug to re-sign in Boston. In fact, he's going to test the market and don't expect for him to come back because he's not looking to take a discount. And I think the reason why is because he knows that this is a team that's on the downs, um, on the downhill uh, of, of what they were doing and their window is closing. Like, this is a team that is definitely getting older and older. Krejci and Bergeron are getting well into their 30s. Marchand is well approaching uh, that status. So they're a team that is aging. And and if you're a guy like Tory Krug and you're 28, 29 years old, do you really want to marry yourself long-term to a team that two years from now could really start to fall off a cliff? Probably not. I think you're probably going to try and go to a team who you see on the on the opposite that are just on the up and up and, and are looking to um, compete for the next five, six, seven years. Uh, so I, I think that 
Tori Krug, if he goes, now you're down two defensemen. Zidane Chara, who's been a, your guy for 15 years. And then you also have Tori Krug, who has been arguably your best defenseman for the last few seasons. And you take that off their blue line. Um, it's, it's, it's not great. They still have Charlie McAvoy, who is a good young up and coming defenseman, but it's just, it's not as deep anymore. Now you kind of look and it's like the Leafs. Okay. They got Morgan Riley and not much else. Okay. Well, they got, you know, uh, McAvoy and uh, not much else like Matt Grizzlick. He's okay. Brandon Carlo. I think he's fine, but you know, he's, he's no better than, you know, like a, he's no Jake Muzzin. So I, I just think that the Bruins, for those reasons, their era of dominance could quickly be deteriorating. And there's one other thing that crossed my mind this morning, which could definitely accelerate the Bruins' rebuild. And that's if Tuka Rask gets booed out of the city and asks for a trade. I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a tweet, and I'm going to pull it up. Um... There's a tweet from, I believe it was, was it Mark, Mark James, who is a radio host somewhere in Boston. Yeah, some sort of radio host in Boston. And uh, this is what he tweeted yesterday after the loss. And I think a lot of Bruins fans kind of shared this sentiment, to be quite honest with you. A lot of other fans around the league obviously looked at this Mark James fellow like, yeah, you're an idiot, but I'm sure there was a lot of Bruins fans that feel this way. Um, and, and this is what he said. He said, Dear Tuca, as a lifelong Bruins fan, I'm disgusted by your cowardly decision to give up. You quit on Boston, your coaches, all your teammates, yourself, every Bruins fan. I hope that I never have to see you in a black and gold sweater with that spoke to be again. I mean, that's a pretty gutless comment to make uh, out of uh, Mr. Mark James here. Like, Tuka Rask, yeah, it, it does suck that he left the team hanging. You know, he opted out midway through the playoffs when it seemed like they could make a, another run, and, and it's a team that, you know, their window is not very large as is with a lot of aging parts, like I just mentioned. And he kind of gave up, um, not gave up, but but he decided to opt out Due to family reasons, which he was totally, totally okay with doing. Like, you you do that, Tuca. You feel like you need to go back and be with your family. I know he's got young kids. You know, that's, yeah, that you totally can do that without being judged. So, um, but what I think is it's very possible that Boston, the rabid fan base that they are, won't stand for that. And right now they're just being a little irrational because they just got eliminated. Like I'm sure this Mark James guy does won't feel the same way come next season. Uh, I, I just don't think so. I think he would rather have Tuka Rask because I think that he's you know a top five goalie in this league. And if you lose Tuka, you know you're 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 downgrading in net, and you've already downgraded your defense. You probably don't want to downgrade there either. Uh, but if it was a year to happen, I suppose it would be this year because there are a lot of goalies out on the out on the market. And uh, if you trade for Rask, maybe you could improve that blue line. And you know, kind of the same with what the what the Leafs are doing. And I don't know, could Tuka Rask maybe be someone that the Leafs could be interested in? Maybe just a change of scenery trade for both. You know, Tuka for Freddie? Probably not. Probably not. But. I think it'd be interesting.
You know, if they run Tuka Rask out of the city, maybe they decide, okay, well, we do need an established goalie. Well, let's, let's see what Fred Anderson can do. Let's let's call him up. Let's see if we can trade out Tuka for Freddie. I would take that as a Leafs fan. He's a guy who wins. He's got a couple cups. I would definitely take that. <laughs> but um, all in all, just to kind of bring it back to the Bruins, I really do think that their era, you know, they're they're not going to be the big bad Bruins too much longer. I think this is a team that's going to be going into into a rebuild in the next couple of seasons, which is going to allow Toronto to really flourish, and it's going to become a, a Toronto versus Tampa now for the top two uh, atop of that division. I think for for a very long time, I think Boston is uh, is going to be on the downswing over the next couple of seasons, and they'll start rebuilding very very shortly which kind of works out for uh for the maple leafs all right i think that's going to do it for the podcast here today i'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to locked on these podcasts on all podcasts and platforms you receive daily leafs content if you want some more hockey talk be sure to check out the locked on nhl podcast where myself and four other locked on hosts discuss the latest around the nhl um, but until then i'll have another show for you tomorrow uh till then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs